What's the Story podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped has taken over the world and is now available in all of Europe. For our listeners in Ireland, the UK and all across Europe, you can now purchase Manscaped products. So get yourself the right tools for your family jewels. We're all friends here. Let's, let's be a little bit honest with each other. We've all tried to give ourselves a little tidy up, probably using the scissors and going delicately around the edges. Some of us might have tried a different razor that nicked us or scratched us. Some of us might have even ventured into the world of hair removal cream, which probably left your tallywhacker on fire, irritation and itch, and you praying you never have to go through that again. And ladies, I'm not just talking to the lads here. If you're sick of your fella stuff, looking like an angry Rastafarian, then Manscaped is what you need. The Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer is the greatest male grooming trimmer on the planet. If you haven't tried it yet, you're missing out. This third generation trimmer is waterproof. It features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce those grooming accidents we talked about and the battery will last up to 90 minutes. The good news is the Lawnmower 3.0 is included in Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0 kit. That kit also includes Crop Preserver, otherwise known as their ball deodorant. It also comes with Crop Reviver, Manscaped's own ball toner. Use these on your boys below the waist and you're going to feel refreshed and ready for anything. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with their Shed Travel Bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs to complement not only their Perfect Package, but your package too. Head on over to manscaped.com and put in the code WTSPOD to get 20% off your order and free shipping. Yeah, that's right, 20% off your order and free shipping when you use the code WTSPOD at manscaped.com. Head on over, check it out. Your balls will thank you. Hello everybody and welcome to WTS221, 221, holy god. My name is Danny Murray. And I am Graham Merrigan. How are you Graham? Welcome you to well. the 9 o'clock news. <laughs> Today, in today's headlines. <laughs> so serious there. Yeah. Um, how are you, how are you Dan? Uh, I'm very tired this week man, I don't know what, I don't know if it's just last week in November and kind of you know, once December rolls in, you tend to kind of go, that's it now, one eye on the Christmas, one eye on the break, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm over this year, I want to go into 2021, yeah, exactly. as if like from January 1st, things are just going to go back to normal again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're nowhere near it, but I don't, I don't know, I just feel as though like... Ah, are you counting your birthday this year then? Uh, I am, because I, I equal Jesus this year, so I want that on the record. <laughs> Love it. Uh, me, yeah, me, no. me and the big JC, 33. 
Speaking of birthdays, actually, I want to give a shout out to uh, Ray Whelan, Rovers supporter and listener to this podcast. It's his birthday today, so he makes a he's a chef and he makes it unreal curry before the Rovers matches. So happy birthday, Ray! And no smart Alec from you now, okay? Because I can see your little, I can see your little mouse in your brain doing overtime here to say some sort of joke, but less of it. I was just going to ask if Ray got out of prison for his birthday, considering. <laughs> Aren't all Rovers found in prison? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Ray. Obviously, you're not in prison, just in case you were to sue me. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear, I hear your curry is outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> it's sensational. Um, I suppose, then, I should say happy birthday to my brother, or I look like a prick. Oh, absolutely, go on. Yeah. So, ha- happy birthday, John. That's all you're getting. John, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a mad thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah man I, I don't know I'm, yeah as I said weird week very much just kind of like give me December so that I can get to Christmas and that I can eat about 16 stone of turkey and ham and then sleep until 2021 and hopefully we all wake up in a better place man yeah, yeah. I went to work the 28th and the 29th of December that must be awful for you is it yeah shit show god help you um, but anyway look on call more so Ah, sure, look, look, that, that, that's not too bad then. No, it's not too bad. Um, look, people don't tune in to hear us waffle on about our life problems and our, our happy birthday requests. We're not the Dan doing the birthday roll, man. <laughs> the Dan, by the way, is sensational. Oh, it is absolutely brilliant. It's what it, we it, need. Is, I'm it, really enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, it's been a tonic, absolute tonic. Um, but, yeah, look, people don't tune in to listen to us on our birthday roll, so uh, we might as well go straight to the guest. And this week, birthday we're roll being... could be a thing now. What's the story? Birthday roll. I'm only joking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. Um, yeah, look, this week we're joined by a New York based photographer called Mel D. Cole. Now, Mel uh, came to my attention through Instagram because he was doing a lot of stuff from the Black Lives Matter protests and then he's been doing a load of stuff. Uh, following on the protests and everything else that been happening across America in the wake of the presidential election. Um, and then I started to kind of see more of his stuff and read more about him and just thought he'd be very interesting. Um, and he brought a book out earlier this year uh, and we're going to talk to him about that. So without any further ado, the wonderful Mel D. Cole. Uh, delighted to say Mel D. Cole, a uh, New York-based photographer, has joined us now. Mel, thanks so much for your time, man. Really, really appreciate it. Um I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while and um, kind of just learning more about you and what you're doing and kind of we'll get into some of that. But but before we do, can, can we talk a little bit about you've been documenting the reaction to the American uh, presidential election and you're doing it in a way that's mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's amazing because it's not the usual kind of, you know, media analysis and the kind of everything is overanalyzed to death. You're just capturing kind of raw reaction from everyday people on the street. And it's it's brilliant to see. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, thank you, man. First of all, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, shooting, uh, documenting the election has been uh, quite the journey uh, for me. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily consider myself as a photojournalist uh, prior to co- uh, COVID hitting the United States. Um, and then, you know, I was shooting COVID stuff, empty streets and what was going on in New York. And that led to, you know, shooting the Black Lives Matter marches and so on and so forth. And then here we go. You know, we're, you know, it's election time. And, um, 
Yeah, it's been quite the journey. Like, I've never thought that I would go to a Donald Trump rally ever in my life. And uh, I've been to two, you know, so it's, 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 it's quite uh, interesting, you know, to say that. To say the least about what's been going on, but um, I mean, it, what are, it's what are they like now? Say that again. What are the the rallies like? Like, I mean, uh, there's a lot of um. Ah. I suppose when you're on Twitter, you can see that some of them can be full of tension, and some of them can be a rallying and uncomfortable rallying call, um, to the far right. What 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 is your analysis of being in in the crowd there? And obviously, you're doing your job as well. Right. The the rallies the the first one I went to was in a in a city called Reading, Pennsylvania, and um, it, it it's quite uh, the juxtaposition of what normally, um, I guess so to speak what I what I'm used to, uh, being the only black man well one of the few black men there I'm not a Republican, um, so that was interesting and and just. You know, being amongst a bunch of people that think, you know, what I would assume is completely opposite of what I think and complete opposite values and so on and so forth. It, it was quite interesting to just to be there and be surrounded by people that are so passionate and, you know, beyond passionate. Like, they love him. These are, for the most part, his super fans. So, you know, it, it, it's... It's almost the equivalent of like having some like ultras in soccer, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like they just really, really, yeah, like passionate wearing the gear, wearing, you know, the equivalent to a scarf would be, you know, the, the, the make America great again hat, you know, like they don't care. They are, you know, on it. So it, it was interesting just to be around those people and, and to document them and even speak to them and interview them as well, which was quite you know it's a learning experience very educational what what did like when when you're talking to them and when when you're kind of asking them the questions do you think it's is it like a blind faith that they have in them that like trump Trump could literally say and i think he has said so much himself in the past he could shoot somebody on fifth avenue and get away with a kind of thing but they they don't really care what he's saying they they just want him like being in the midst of all that must be just like head bending for you yeah there was one because uh, i said i went to two so there's one in mm. scranton now i was actually on assignment for this uh podcast this american life right so oh, i yeah, go yeah. and uh, yeah all of a sudden there's there uh, he said something about lebron james and then they start chanting lebron james sucks lebron james sucks and i'm like there's thousands of people here and you can mean to tell me that not one of you all right, LeBron James friends, like you're just going along with the flow. And so, yeah, I think that a lot of times, and I, and I think this about the left and right, uh, mm. Democrats and Republicans here in this country, that there are people that do not understand politics and don't give a give a crap about them, but they they, they follow. And um, with 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 with, it seems like on his side, his followers, they're just like outward outwardly really really passionate about it and they'll they'll show you you know this is what we believe and he can say okay you know i'm gonna do this and they're gonna follow it and and i and i feel like it's you know you have some radical uh left wing you know super left people that do the same thing but it's just like with them they're just outwardly like you see the flags 
right now I'm in Syracuse, New York, mm. where I'm from. Um, and driving up here, you know, you've seen, I mean, I, I probably didn't see them all, but just on the highway, you see like 20, 30 Trump flags uh, going. This, the, up here is very, you know, it's Trump country, except for actually in the city. So, yeah. and when I mean the city, I mean Syracuse, not New York. You know, mm-hmm. New York is, you know, blue, but the whole New York state pretty much is Trump country. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And do you find, or have you found, that there's been a big difference in the atmosphere between when you were out capturing kind of what was going on with the Black Lives Matter protests earlier this year and now in, in the aftermath of the election? Has there been a big difference? Um, I honestly, I haven't been out shooting. Um, after the elections, I shot, uh, the, the Trump rallies and then I, uh, photographed the day that they announced that Biden won, which was probably my most favorite day in New York city. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In a long time, if not, it's definitely up there. Top three. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm decided I've been debating, but I think it's my mo- most favorite day, but, um, after that, I kind of just started, like you know chilled, and I needed some family time. And now it's Thanksgiving, actually, right now uh, tomorrow. It's Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's you know holiday time, family time, which is also difficult because of COVID. Um, so yeah, I'm here and just having uh, rented an Airbnb and uh, with my mom, we all took COVID tests. You know, just having a little small gathering of just four people <laughs> here. <laughs> but yeah, the answer question is like I. I, I really I, what I do notice is that there's a lot less protests going on right now. After the election, there's been a lot less things have been going on the weekends. But like, say, during its peak in June, July, August, they were every day. You know, they were happening every day in New York. Um, mm. But um, yeah, right now, like you go on there's uh, Instagram Justice for George uh, and they'll tell you what's going on in the city. And some days it's just the. The, the ones that are just happening daily you know, during the week. I wonder if anything's happened tomorrow. That would be interesting if there's protests going on tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And you've, you've mentioned COVID, and I suppose, obviously, the impact that's having in, in general, and as you said, even, even Thanksgiving and with Christmas coming up, it's, it's going to play, it's going to have a big impact there as well. But one of the other things that it's hitting is the music industry and the ability to go to live concerts mm-hmm. and live gigs and a, a, a big big part of your work is the, the amazing photos that you take at live concerts at, at performance um your book that came out earlier this year um great photo- right. photographs of hip-hop um how, how has it affected you in terms of like you obviously miss not being able to get to those gigs man absolutely yeah totally i i, I mean shit it's it's been huh <laughs> kind of stressful i mean music Mm. You know, luckily I can, you know, these days and days you can play music on your own and listen to what you want. But without the live performance, it's, it's really been, you know, a, a dark spot for me um, throughout COVID and not being able to, you know, be in there and feel the bass and feel, you know, listen to us and watch some of my favorite musicians. It, it's taken a toll on me. Uh, I was able to to photograph um one, I guess, performance since COVID started. It was outside of the Barclays Center. Uh, John Baptiste. Uh, he's an amazing performer, musician, and um, he played uh, maybe about seven or eight songs to a crowd uh, that you know, full of masks, and it was, it was for 
you know, protesting, bringing awareness to what's going on. And, and it almost dropped a tear. I it, I realized at the time, like maybe like five minutes in, I was like, oh, man, like this is my first performance that I've photographed or that I've been at in months. This is amazing. Yeah. And I really just I took, you know, a step back. When I mean like a step back, I just didn't take photos and just let it really just sink in and enjoy the moment from just uh, being a fan, you know, yeah. point of view. I'm happy. But yeah, there's been no travel, you know, no nothing's going on. There hasn't been anything where I'm like, oh man, I wish I was there. Any concerts and stuff like that. I, but I, I saw like New Zealand at one point. They were they were maybe possibly starting up and they're starting to get ready. Australia, a couple other places. But yeah, here in the states is nothing, man. Especially in New York, nothing. Yeah, New, New Zealand have started to, um, like at sporting events, at rugby matches and things like that, they've had yeah, yeah. crowds actually back in, which is is really encouraging. But I think here in Ireland, we're, we're the same as you guys, that everything that, that mm-hmm. does get to take place takes place behind closed doors. So uh, Mero right. as a massive Shamrock Rovers fan, one of the football clubs here, they just won the league. Um, he, he's missing his mm. dose of football. But you've been taking photos at these gigs since 2002. So to go from that, yeah. I mean, you, you must be on a gig every week and then for nothing at all, you know, it's, Jesus, it's yeah. crazy, you know? Yeah, it just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it just absolutely stopped. I mean, yeah, it, it was like nothing. Literally, I had plans, uh, you know, to shoot a, a festival, Pharrell's festival that was coming up in Virginia. I had. I got booked for that with uh, Trey Songs, who I work with a lot. And uh, then I was supposed to go to Germany to shoot Dortmund. I had a contract uh, agreement with them, partnership. No way. Shoot. Yeah. I was going to shoot a bunch of uh, the black athletes that they have, like Sancho mm. and a couple of the other guys out there. I was going to do that. I was going to – I mean, the so- you you would be jealous of the, the soccer tour that I was going to go on. Was there. I, I, was, I was scheduled to – to do to work with Dortmund, gonna go to the game, gonna shoot, do all these photo shoots. Uh, it was Champions League uh, week, so I was gonna go see Ronaldo play in, no. in Italy. Next, the next day, I was gonna fly to Barcelona to see you know who. We don't have to say the, <laughs> one of one of the goats play, and then um, I was meeting with uh, Everton and to talk with them about doing some business with them. And also, I was going to see the Derby that week. Everton was playing Liverpool in this last season, and Liverpool could have won the title at Everton. So I had this amazing week all planned out for myself and for Charcoal Pitch FC, but COVID. Yeah, man. <laughs> and while we're, speaking, um, while we're speaking about, you know, we mentioned Barcelona and everything. It's a somber day. Diego Maradona, you know, rest in peace to, to the guy, the 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 hand of God yeah. himself, the legend, you know, lived, he lived an amazing life and, you know, 60 yeah. years old is, is so young, but, um, yeah, man, uh, he, he rest has, in he peace has, to, to the legend. Absolutely. He has absolutely. A, a special place. Uh, he and, and his, his hand have a special place in Irish hearts for knocking England out of the World Cup. That's, <laughs> I, I think at this, ah, I, I think at right. this age, you'd almost honorary claim him. Um, but yeah, like charcoal pitch. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> That, like so, did, did that start out with with uh, with Roma in Italy, or or how did how did charcoal pitch kick off? So Great yeah, point. so basically, I've been trying to 
Yeah, I've been trying to. <laughs> right, great one. I've been trying to figure out how to uh, turn my passion of uh, soccer, which I started, you know, liking because of playing FIFA on PlayStation. Uh, that's how I got into soccer, and mm-hmm. I, I was trying to figure, figure out a way to do, you know, do more with it. And what I mean, do more, is trying to figure out how to photograph it. Um, so after the the project that I did in Rome, the mini documentary with, with uh, Roma. I, I came home and just started brainstorming. I was like, man, shit, I think I, I, I need to do, you know, start my own photo agency. And, and uh, no one else was doing what I was doing as far as uh, focusing in on the black athlete. Uh, and, yeah, I ran with it. And one of the first clients that I've had uh, was Man City. Uh, worked with them. They uh, flew me out. We just struck a small partnership where I went out and, documented the city and connected the punk scene and then uh documented uh one game i think i was out there for you know had all access and all this stuff which is amazing you know it was their third game against tottenham that that yeah the game wasn't so great they were all kind of worn out but um yeah it was amazing just to be there you know being in that stadium must have been surreal wasn't it yeah yeah man from playing fifa to having an idea and then you're in (laughs) man you're out Fucking the Etihad in Man City. Yes, yes, it's it's one of those pinch yourself moments where I'm just like, wow, like here I am, <laughs> and you know, just started liking soccer, and here I am at the Etihad, and I'm watching, you know, the champions <laughs> play, like who whoever thought, you know, and the next thing you know, like I'm shooting all these matches you know, in New York, and I've, you know, been handshake with Neymar and gave a fist pump to, to Mo Salah and taking his photo, taking both of their photos, and, you know, you signed a deal with Dortmund, and uh, then next thing you know, you're, you're working with Nike, and that leads to, you know, uh, signing a partnership with the Premier League in general to document uh, wow. black, yeah, to document uh african-american fans here in the united states that love the premier league so it's in less than a year you know i gotta give myself a pat on the back it's, it's been quite the, <laughs> the jump up but you know humbly speaking none of this would have happened without you know hard work and my love for music through music photography you know working since 2002 and all that stuff you know you build up you build and you build and you you let you know up the things that you've done in your past open up things and when I mean things, open up doors for your future. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah, when, did, when did the love of photography come into play? Going to a concert as a fan in 2002 at SOBs, this place in New York where uh, back then every new artist, you basically would go there uh, to perform. Uh, small enough, but big enough place, you know, to sell out for a lot of artists. And um, I went and saw Common, Common Sense. In 2002, was one of my favorite artists um, at the time put out this album called Electric Circus, which is my favorite album of all time. And I took two disposable cameras there and just took photos and didn't really think anything of it. Got them developed at, at a place, like 24-hour play. It might have been a one-hour place. Get, got the film developed, put them in a shoebox, never thought of it. Long story short, I started looking at magazines, and I was like, man, I think my photos are just as good as some of this, if not even better. 
And I showed a couple of people like, yeah, this is dope stuff. So uh, I bought myself a digital camera and started going to parties. I started going to events and I noticed that there weren't other photographers, uh, not many other, one or two that were shooting, you know, sort of the same scenes that I was shooting. And yeah, one thing led to another, man. And I just became slowly built it up. I started a blog called villageslum.com and started posting photos there. And it became a destination for people to see what was going on, you know, in New York through, through my lens. As kind of your, you know, finding your feet with, behind the lens and as kind of your career is getting established, mm-hmm. you're overlapping then with some of the people who are going on to oh, yeah. the biggest names in hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one that I could say definitely um, that I knew at the time that was going to be big was Kid Cudi. Uh, yeah. Kid Cudi has been, you know, a friend of mine for, for some time. I've known him to, for, you know, before he was famous and was working at, a, at his clothing store. Um, and uh, I just saw something in him where I believed that he was going to be big. So I, any concert that he had, I would go. When he said, come to the studio, I went and documented. When he said, hey, Melody, that's what he would call me every time. I'd go, Melody Cole, come on, let's go take photos and run around the streets. I was there. And then, uh, yeah, man, he got signed to Good Music with Kanye. I remember being in the studio with him and, you know, chatting. He's doing a, a AOL AIM chat back in the day with with Kanye, and then sending him music and stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, man, this is crazy. Here we are, huh? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, here we are. You know, it's so uh, yeah, man. And now Cuddy is just all over the place doing his thing on TV shows and you know all that stuff. I saw him last year at the Tonight Show, which is mm. another crazy one like that. I can just go to the Tonight Show. It's pretty bugged out to me uh, <laughs> because you know my relationship with the Roots and Questlove and Black Thought. Like it's crazy. Like I literally check the schedule and I'm like, oh okay, uh, Madonna's on today. I'm, I just want to see Madonna walk around, you know, in person and you know go hang out in the hallway. And there's Madonna just walking past me. I'm like, wow, okay. I, I was. <laughs> I was going to ask about the relationship with the Roots because um, I'm sure like a lot of people listening will know who they are, but for those who don't, they're, they're the house band of, with, with Jimmy Fallon, but they've also got their own stuff that's, that's brilliant. Like, you've been working with those guys, and Questlove is, he, I think he, he wrote the foreword in your book, I believe, didn't he? Yeah. So how long have you... in my book. Yeah, how long have you been working with, with the Roots? Yeah, since... The beginning, basically. If it wasn't for the roots and you know Questlove and Black Thought specifically, um, I wouldn't be doing what I. I wouldn't be probably on this podcast with you if it wasn't for him. <laughs> He's Questlove specifically has been the connector um, to many things in my life. Um, you know, there's there's a story of when I was in a club shooting and it was a Q-tip from a tribe called Quest. It was his birthday. Jay-Z was in the Damn. DJ booth. Uh, Diddy was there. Uh, a couple other rappers in there. So I have this photo in my head that I wanted to capture. I get up to the DJ booth. This is at Santos in New York back in 2009. And this club is closed now. But I get to the DJ booth, and first person I see is, is Diddy. So Diddy turns around, and I give him the universal sign you know, to take a photo, which is I just showed him my camera because it's loud as hell in there. And he shook his head and handed me right to his his security. 
So I was like, oh, damn, man, there goes my photo. Uh, you know, so I get on Twitter and I was Twitter just came out. So, you know, very, very new platform. I'm, uh, I start making fun of the situation. Questlove sees this. Next thing he knows, he's talking to Diddy about the situation on Twitter while this is happening. Like, this literally just happened five minutes ago, and Diddy's on his phone <laughs> tweeting. He was like, oh, man, I didn't know. Long story short, man, I talked to Questlove, told him what happened the next day. He was like, listen, I, I thought, you know, nothing crazy happened. He was like, Diddy wants to know if, I, if he can have your phone number. He wants to call you. And I was like, in my head, I was like, Diddy wants to call me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what? Like, in my head, I'm like, you could have just gave him my number, but thank you for asking. <laughs> but, you know, so I said, yeah, I'll play it cool. I'm like, yeah, 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 of course. You know, just give him my number. So I didn't think anything of it. And I get an um, a, a email, or rather a text. No, no, no. Actually, his assistant called me and said, uh, Diddy wants to know if you're available on Monday, blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah. So at this time, I was still working a day job. I get home. I'm sitting there. It's around the time frame the call. And the phone rings. And I don't have, I don't, it's numbered that, you know, I don't know. I pick it up. And he's like, hey, ploy boy, this is Diddy. What's that? <laughs> and I was oh sitting there goodness. like, I muted my TV. And in my head, I was like, holy shit, it's Diddy. <laughs> and I'd say like, you know, I just, in my head. Yeah. And I'm just playing it cool. I'm like, play it cool, play it cool. He's like, I was like, yeah, man, what's up, man? How you doing? I was like, you didn't have to do that to me. I was like, you could have let me take, take your phone. He's like, listen, listen, Playboy, I didn't know. I didn't know who you were. You know, Quest told me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, listen, man. I was like, we should do some work together. He goes, yeah, what's your website? Gave him my website. He yells out to someone to pull up the website. I guess he put it on the big train. Pulls up. He's like, Playboy, this is dope. He's like, Definitely. I'm going to have my, I'm going to have somebody reach out to you two to three days. I was like, listen, Diddy, don't play around with me. He's like, my follow through is impeccable playboy. <laughs> and then we hung up and yo, next thing I know, maybe like a month later, I was on the airplane going to Beverly Hills from New York to be his personal photographer in Beverly Hills and following him around <laughs> all day, one day. And yeah, all of that happened from Questlove, you know, and Twitter. But yeah, mostly Questlove because without him, like I said, a lot of things wouldn't have happened. But yeah, that what a that's story! Definitely... That is phenomenal. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah, incredible. And like, <laughs> I'm sorry, that story yeah. is absolutely amazing. But you've 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 got to <laughs> to snap like literally who was I mean. Beyonce, Rihanna, like name them. You you've managed to get them on the other side of your lens. You know, has, has there been anyone who yeah. has stood out as being absolutely amazing to work with? Um, other than Diddy, of course, who who is now your best friend. <laughs> right, uh, absolutely amazing to work with. Uh, Trey Songs, who's become uh, you know a brother to me, you know, and and vice versa. You know, I feel like I'm a part of his family. You know, Texas mom is, you know, his family members like that's that's my guy to me. You mm. know, you know, it was in a, like almost an immediate bond. Uh, he just texted me the other day, you know, just checking on me, seeing how I'm doing. Um, yeah. And uh, let's see who else. I mean, obviously, Kid Cudi, who's who's been a pleasure to work with and to see him grow into the artist that he's been with. 
Childish Gambino. I was able to spend some moments with him really? uh, before before he got really big. Uh, shoot, who else? Uh, ASAP Rocky, another artist, him and his mm. crew, ASAP Ferg. I was able to work with them and be around them and document them before they really took off. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of people, man. Like, uh, yeah, Santi Gold. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's another amazing artist who you know been around. But there's also been legendary artists like Rafael Sadiq, R&B singer. Another guy who's just been humbly amazing uh, and to be around. Yeah, there's so many. But yeah, those are the, the the few that that come off the top of my head that I really enjoyed working with um, and being around. Tyler the Creator is another one. Like going to his first show and oh, class, and, yeah. and, and and seeing them rock out and seeing them, you know, just take the world by storm when it first came out like that was an amazing amazing thing to see yeah amazing and and you can the people can see all the kind of photos from this in great photographs of hip-hop by you um yeah there we go there's the plug mel there's the plug um but before there's we, the plug yeah <laughs> before we let you we let you, you head off that, man. you can buy that Hold on, we gotta plug it right though. You can okay, buy it oh, on really. Amazon. I don't know. I don't know if it does international shipping, but you could go to uh, gethaymaker.com and we will personally send you. That's the publisher, Get Haymaker, and we'll uh, personally send a copy to you. You know, and uh, make sure you write. You get right all the way to to Ireland and all the way across the world, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> did, did you did did um did you ever feel um. With the, with the kind of social media age and with everyone using um, smartphones, I find it I find it nice that these people are still reaching out to to great photographers to work. Was there did I don't suppose you ever found threatened by that social media age and camera phones getting so much better and stuff like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Because Instagram, like before Instagram, Instagram, Instagram came out. You know, um, honestly, say like, you know, I was I was killing it. You know, I felt like I felt like I was one of the few photographers, you know, doing what I did. You know, and I, and a lot of agencies were hitting me up. And a lot of brand stuff I was getting. Instagram came, and then a lot of a lot of people that weren't photographers were doing photographers' work, and my money and <laughs> finances went down. Honestly, because I took Instagram as like a joke at first. It was like my diary. Like I didn't look at it as like a professional uh, tool, a moneymaker. It wasn't maybe like a year or two into it. Because I, I honestly, I was kicked off of Instagram uh, at first. Like they deleted my shit because I was posting naked girls and, and whatever. I didn't think, you know, anybody was paying attention. They would send me a notice that like, you're going to get deleted. I was like, haha, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, so I <laughs> totally didn't take it serious. I know. Shout out to the person in the back. Who's that behind you? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's my lovely partner, Anna. There, she's she's just she's in her wardrobe hey. getting clothes. <laughs> 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 she, she didn't she didn't realize the camera was on. She thought she was sneaking in. <laughs> hey, we see you. <laughs> there she goes. She's looking great. Now. She's 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 really embarrassed by it now. So that's it. Normally, normally it's the dogs that run in and interrupt, but uh, yeah, today, today it's my partner. <laughs> yeah, man. She, she made me lose my train of thought. What was I saying? <laughs> hey, I Instagram. You, I was, yeah, I was going to say, I think you were just talking oh, yeah. about naked girls on Instagram, funnily enough, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, man. So what I figured, like, I, I had to get a whole new Instagram name. And what was happening is that my point of the story is that a lot of different people were, they looked at it as differently, differently as I did in the beginning. So they started, yeah. And then Instagram, like a lot of people weren't photographers. They were just taking photos and they looked great on, on Instagram. And a lot of companies didn't notice that at first, but they were going to these people because they started getting large followings. They thought the work looked amazing, but what they were doing was basically painting by numbers. And so what I did to compensate is like, okay, well, I got to take this way more seriously than I did because I'm losing out on a lot of stuff. So I rebuilt, you know, my branding and marketing to adjust. And it was like, boom, here's Instagram. Let's take it for real. Let's do it. And, it, you know, and, and, and re, you know, like I said, rebrand yourself to, to, to adjust. And now, you know, after some years, you know, even, you know, it's been a while, but I feel like, you know, I'm back to where I should, should have been, you know, before I started, you know, taking Instagram as a joke, you know, it's, a lot of and now you know there's a lot of great photographers out there that you know that that are killing it. But back then when this first started, man, there was a lot of people that just were just you didn't know that they weren't photographers. It was just you know whatever and with it. Using a high spec abs smartphone basically. Yeah. Yep. 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 If uh, if people if people aren't already following on Instagram, I'd highly recommend it. It's just Mel D Cole. Um, but yeah, yeah. Man, like it's y- y- your stuff is brilliant, and as I said, that's how you first came to my attention. Um, and I've been I've yeah. been loving it for the last like I think it's about nine months or so. I'm following you, man. It's it's unreal. Like oh, cool. <laughs> Thank. You. I appreciate it. I appreciate. It. Yeah, like if you if you just if you're just starting to follow me, please, you know, take a scroll back. You know, take a couple, do a scroll for you know about a good minute, and then you get into a lot of the, you know, some of the music stuff that I've shot before the. The protests and things like that. There's a lot of new followers just think that you know that's what I do, which is great. You know, I love the attention that I've been getting, you know, and using my platform, you know, for the uh, the protests. But also, I want to, you know, make sure that people understand, you know, that this isn't all I do. You know, it's all encompassing. You know, one thing uh, wouldn't happen without the other. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And uh, before, Absolutely. before, Mel, did, was there was there yes. a reason? Sorry, Danny. No, was no. there a reason, a uh, specific reason, in um, during the the Black Lives Matter? Some of your the photos of the Black Black Lives Matter um, protests. Was there a reason why you went with a black and white? Well, yes, because I I mean I started my career uh, maybe like a year into it. That's black and white was what I really got known for. And what I really well, had a passion for in the beginning, like I shot, you know, you, you go back, like most of my book is filled with black and white photography. And um, also, I look like I drew inspiration from a lot of the old protest photos as well uh, from the 60s and civil rights era here in America. And I wanted my documentation to, to, to feel similar to that. And when I mean similar, I wanted to feel just as, you know, powerful if I could help it. And I feel like black and white photography just does that for me. Everything doesn't belong in black and white, but a lot of, I mean, a lot of it to me, it's like, it's just makes it just, I don't know, just way more moving for me. And yeah, Yeah, so it's been working. (laughs) 
Love it, man. Brilliant. Love it. Um, Mel, unconscious, uh, as you said, it, it's Thanksgiving over there and uh, you've, you're, you're there with your family on a break. So we don't, don't want to keep it too much longer. Before we let you go, though, 2021, um, all going well. Things start to return back to some sort of old normal. Um, what What's the first thing you do, man? Hit a few gigs and then hopefully get over this side of the Atlantic for a few football games. Yep, you got you nailed it. Uh, first thing is definitely you know uh, whatever either or it can go either way for me before because for me like right now, uh, these things are treated equally in my life um, shows music and also you know the photo photojournalism side uh, to me um, but yeah whichever one comes first but I I think if I had to pick I maybe do do it all at the same time maybe there's a show in Europe somewhere that I can go to and then hit up a football match and, and, and then shoot, you know, uh, something historic that's happening that has nothing to do with the two that can tie into, you know, being Brilliant. a photo. <laughs> right. That, that's kind of like the action Bronson combo, isn't it, Mel, where he goes <laughs> on tour and then he, he records his uh, cookery show as exactly. well at the same time. Yeah. Yo, you got to, you got to take advantage of the situation when you're there. If you're not, then you're not. But if you are, you could do a lot more. And that's a lot. Like with photography, you know, like I, I've always said this to myself. I never just wanted to be one type of photographer. I never just wanted to do, you know, just music. Eventually, you're grow, you're, you know, saying I'm growing out of it. Like I don't go to not now, but when I did, you know, I didn't, you know, five years ago before I got married and I had a kid. I, you know, I saw myself slowing down. I'm 44 years old. I couldn't keep up with the new trends. I couldn't keep up with what's what's going on. So you transition. You're like, okay, what else can I do? And for years, it was like, okay, cool. Maybe I'll shoot hockey or maybe I'll shoot something. And that something turned into, you know, the light bulb going off of shooting, as you guys call football. Um, you know, and also like the photojournalist stuff. So now, like, I don't have to. You know, I can maybe go to one big event, uh, you know, for some music related stuff, pick and choose the good stuff and stuff like instead of hustling that way. You know, now the hustle is, you know, finding or not finding or, you know, if it's some big, you know, historic event or if I got to travel to wherever, that's the hustle. You know, and I could still be in bed by, you know, midnight. Yeah, shooting a know. soccer match. I could be, I could be in bed already. You know, already edited. It's already done, and waking up and having a fresh day. So that's where we're at. That's a, brilliant. Th- th- those nights end in bed before midnight are what I'm all about now. I'm getting older as well. I can't hack those nights. <laughs> hey, not able, not, not man, able to me too. My my kid is up. My kid is up at six thirty in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, Mel, look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Thanks so much for your time. Um, like, really, really looking forward to seeing what comes next for you. Um, and look, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, man. Thank you. I really thank you guys for having me on. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody out in the world is, is safe, you know, and if you lost anyone to this COVID stuff, you know, uh, my thoughts are with you. And yeah, yeah, please. And, you know, go buy my book. Look, look at the Instagram, look at the website, all of that good stuff, you know, and uh, give your give your boy a shout out, you know. Brilliant, Absolutely. Mel. And your Irish your Irish soccer team is Shamrock Rovers from this day <laughs> forth. Okay. I got you. I'm I'm gonna start following them right now. <laughs> Lovely Shamrock Rovers. Lovely, Mel. Love it. It's- 
it, it goes against. Where, does, where are they? Where are they in the table right now? We just won the league, Mel. Oh, they're gonna think I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I need a mid-table. <laughs> I need a no, mid-table. No, you do it. You, you need uh, All right, well, you need yeah. Dublin's originals, Bohemian FC, Mel. Merrow's a Shamrock Rovers fan. I m- mostly wind them up as a Bose <laughs> fan. But uh, look, we'll 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 try give you we'll try we'll try sort of jersey out for you for collection. We'll get that sent over to you. Hey, we need one for the collection. That'll be great. Let's do it. Brilliant. Deadly, deadly. Mel, thanks so much again, man. Really, really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. The wonderful Mel D. Cole. Mel, absolute gent. Uh, really enjoyed that, Mero. What do you think? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy you sabotaging um, Mel's newfound support of Shamrock Rovers, which you pretend I follow Bose. There's no, there's no joy pretend about it. There's no pretend about it. And look, it's going to be even more awkward for you when a Bose you, you didn't watch uh, Bose in the quarterfinal the cup last Friday. Graham, right, okay, first of all, I have many commitments in this. You don't world. get to the quarterfinal of the cup that, that often, you know? Well, that's that's an outrageous accusation, and I won't tolerate it. Look, you've had one good season, and there's an asterisk beside that good season that you've had. And you know that. You know that the league should have been null and void. This season should have been written off, and you know that. Champions League next season. Someone has to win the league. Yeah, yeah. It's a pity that you had to win it by basically a raffle, isn't it? Um, anyway, Mel D. Cole, absolutely love that. Um, and do follow him on Instagram Mel D. Cole um, and uh, check out what he does it's, it's class and his charcoal pitch stuff is unbelievable hopefully he gets to do half of what, what he was talking to us about like getting over to Dortmund and getting over to see Barca and then over to England to watch some of the Premier League um, but yeah enjoyed that class it was really enjoyed it Mero if people want to listen to the 221 episodes and then some of this audio presentation that precedes this wonderful episode, how may they do so? Well, before, gents, if you want to have a trim of the area below the belt, go to manscaped.com. Put in WTS pod into the voucher uh, voucher coupon and you will get 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com. Your town halls will thank you. Anyway, to listen to the podcast, you can go to any podcast provider. All you have to do is search WTS Pod. You can go to WTSPod.com. You can go to at WTS Pod on Twitter. He's at Dan John Murray. I'm at American Mania. We're on all the podcast providers, Spotify, Podcast Republic. That's the app I use, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, anywhere, everywhere you can get a podcast. Until next time, Daniel Song. Take care of your groin grass, ladies and gentlemen. Manscaped.com, WTS pod, 20% off and free shipping. Uh, clear eyes. Full hearts. Shave balls. balls. <laughs> 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 Can't lose. Too sweet. <laughs> <laughs>